Welcome to the CGOE Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we're chatting with Shane Goche, Winnipeg Blue Bomber linebacker, who's just signed a one-year deal to return to the club. And what about the guys who haven't signed yet? John Hodge of Three Down Nation lets us know who he thinks will and won't be back among the team's pending free agents with free agency opening Tuesday. That's all coming up on the podcast. We are less than 24 hours away from the start of free agency in the Canadian Football League, but one player who will not be hitting free agency is Shane Gauthier. He signed a one-year deal to return to the Blue Bombers and has been so kind to join us on the show tonight. Shane, congrats on the new deal. Thank you. How does it feel to be under contract again? Oh, it feels great. Uh, it was a long wait before uh, we, we we got to, to the to this point, but uh, glad it's it's done and uh, really happy and really excited for for next season. Any reason for the long wait? Uh, no, I don't know. Uh, it, it took some time before the the it was my turn to to deal with. So, but uh, it's all it's all done now. So uh, it's all good. So when you see uh, Shown and. Oliveira and Streveler all get signed. What's going through your mind as you're waiting to get a, a call? Well, it's, you know, obviously you want to you want to be part of that, and uh, I'm glad I'm glad that we got this done, and I'm excited to have those guys on the team, and uh, it's going to be exciting. From your perspective, was there ever a thought of playing somewhere else? Oh uh, well, at a certain point, I was try- I was trying to see- to see that picture. It was uh, it was not very clear. Uh, I was always hoping to to have a deal to play here, and uh, the- and it happened. So I'm pretty happy because uh, yeah, the other picture from other team is uh, is hard to imagine. <laughs> well, you've been in one spot since 2016, and uh, you've you've found quite a role here. How would you? describe what you thought about Winnipeg in 2016 compared to what you think of it now. What was your initial reaction when you got picked by the Bombers? Well, when I got picked by the Bombers, I was uh, pretty excited because that was uh, one of my best interviews I had at the Combine. And I did I did like uh, Michael O'Shea and, uh, and the staff that were in the room uh, during the interview. So uh, I didn't know uh, nothing about Winnipeg back then. So uh, it was uh, totally new for me, but uh, I made this place my home now, and uh, I'm living here year long and working during the winter. So uh, the things have changed quite a bit. And that was a team coming off a five and thirteen season that they were not a successful team for for a lot of years going into your time here. But it's been pretty successful since you got here. Uh, what's it been like to have that kind of standard of excellence year after year? Uh, it's uh, well. That's that's what uh, Mike O'Shea and Kai Walters uh, implement uh, before before I got here. Uh, obviously, they had a couple of bad seasons at the beginning, but uh, the work was already started, and a couple of players were already uh, there, like Jake Thomas, uh, Pat Newfell, and uh, Jesse Briggs, and all those guys were there, and. Uh, they set a standard, and the, the standard the standard have been high uh, all those years, and that's that's what uh, makes us successful now. So, uh, and it's uh, it's it's fun to be at work. It's fun to be around all those guys because uh, everybody is willing to putting the work in, and 
uh, that's why we we have so much success. How would you describe your 2023 season? Uh, uh, it was I, I was hurt quite a bit. Uh, it was tough mentally, uh, but uh, during the playoff, I had the chance to to play a little bit. I had the great. I think I had a good a good playoff run. I showed that. Uh, like despite the injury during the season that I stayed in shape and I stayed uh, on top of uh, uh, the strategies and stuff like that. And uh, I, uh, I'm sure certainly working uh, towards uh, trying to have a, uh, a better season in 2024. What would you say your role is on the team right now? Um, I think uh, it's to... Uh, be be a mentor for the young guys on special team. Uh, be a leader. Uh, be ready if they need me anywhere on uh, on defense. If something happens, I can I can uh, be uh, ready to play at any point. And uh, I think I think my my role grew uh, year after year, and it's gonna I'm gonna try to 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 be the guy that uh, people ask questions to and uh, be a leader this year. I ask this of everybody. Have you watched the Grey Cup yet? I didn't. Uh, I didn't watch the the whole Grey Cup. I watched a couple plays, couple drive, but I haven't watched the, the whole film. Why not? Uh, I I just moved on. <laughs> you, you don't want it. You just don't want to see it. Yeah, that's uh, not really. Uh, it's uh, it's too bad. I think uh, it was it was a hard played game. Uh, we had opportunity to win that game multiple times, uh, and we didn't. Uh, Montreal made a couple more plays than us, and uh, and that's it. And I don't want to stay hold. I don't want to hold on those feelings too long. I, I want to move forward and uh, look forward instead of backward. I had read a Cramdy on the show earlier in the off season and he was telling me about how he had a lot of people in his life were rooting for Montreal because he is from there. Now you're not, you're from further away from Montreal, but is this something where you, you knew a lot of people in your life from Quebec that, you know, they like you, they, they like that you play for the blue bombers, but ultimately we're happy that the Alouettes won. Yeah, obviously uh, in my hometown, uh, obviously everybody cheers for me. But uh, they they obviously like the the Alouettes, so the they cheer for Alouettes. So for for my uh, close family, it was uh, they they obviously cheer for the Bombers. But uh, regular people in my hometown are a big Alouette fans, so uh, they, <laughs> it was a mixed feeling a little bit. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, now yeah. you personally, uh, you're turning 32 this month. Do you have any big plans? Uh, no, just uh, stay on track with my training, stay on top of uh, my fundraiser in my hometown and uh, little things like that, but uh, <laughs> nothing big plans. Fair enough. I'm, I'm turning 32 later this day. year too, so it's not a big yeah, mi- it's, not a big milestone. No, it's just another day to me. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so you say you're, you're living full-time in Winnipeg now, so are you still doing electrical stuff? Uh, it's pretty quiet now uh, the, with the company I'm working for, but I, I, I keep myself occupied uh, 
uh, working out a lot. And uh, uh, like I said, I do a fundraiser in my hometown, so I, I work I work on that quite a bit. So try to stay busy. And do you have? Uh, are you going to be watching closely over the next week to see what free agency brings other people that you've played with, or do you pay much attention to that? Uh, I, I pay attention to it. I, I like to, to, to know where people are going and uh, what people we bring in. And uh, hopefully uh, we can we can get some uh, some good people, some people ready to work and uh, ready to help us, uh, help us have success uh, next year. Uh, the fundraiser you're doing for your hometown, tell us more about what that's for. So uh, we're doing a, a carnival tournament. So uh, we, we, we associate with the uh, Cornhole Association in my, in my hometown and we raise money to redistribute towards uh, uh, help kids uh, to, to uh, register for sports, to buy equipment and uh, to, to, because uh, the, the city I'm from, uh, first of all, there's no football no more. I, I, I had the chance to play football when I was uh, younger, but uh, there's no more football. We're trying to bring back uh, uh, flag football and stuff like that. So uh, we're raising the money to try to help those kids uh, to uh, allow them to dream and uh, make a career to in the sports and uh, that kind of stuff. So uh, that's that's what we're doing. And that is that Dolbo Mistassini? That's right. And what is the French word for cornhole? Uh, there's no French word that uh, we actually <laughs> call it the same. I, I thought that was the answer. It didn't seem like there'd be a French word for that, but uh, I had to ask anyway. Shane, appreciate your time. Thanks for this, and congrats again on the new deal. Thank you very much. Free agency opens tomorrow at 11 a.m. with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers likely going to be rather quiet. Here to preview the day is John Hodge of Three Down Nation. And John, the, the Bombers' big work is done, right, after signing Oliveira and Schoen and Chris Traveler. I think it is. I mean, I, I wouldn't rule out the possibility of Winnipeg making a free agent acquisition when the, you know, the, the, the floodgates open, so to speak. But I don't imagine they're going to be shopping in the high-end part of the store. I think they're going to be one of those clubs that is looking in the bargain bin for, uh, for some bargains. Because at the end of the day, I mean, between what this club spent, not just bringing back Chris Trebler, of course, some of their other pending free agents, Willie Jefferson, Dietrich Nichols, but you mentioned it, the two, two huge ones this past week in Brady Oliveira and Dalton Schoen, I don't think this team has a lot of money to spend heading into 2024. All right, so by my count, they have 13 pending free agents left. Um, I'm going to go through them quickly. You tell me quickly, do you think they'll be back or not? Rashid Bailey. I would be surprised. I think Winnipeg needs to uh, develop a young young rookie there, just just like they did a few years ago with Dalton Sean. Okay, Jesse Briggs. I wouldn't be surprised if he retired. Okay, uh, Sergio Castillo. I mean, reportedly there's some talks. The issue is I don't think the Bombers can afford to pay Sergio Castillo what they did last year. They got a bit of a sweetheart deal in 2023 because he'd already had some guaranteed money from Edmonton, but it's going to be hard to, to get him back. And they, they are slated to have kind of a, a rookie in camp with a good amount of NFL experience. So we'll see about that one. Okay, Malik Clements. Wouldn't be surprised if he moved on, just because I think Malik Clements is a is a starting caliber linebacker, and he's not going to get that opportunity in Winnipeg with Adam Big Hill and Kyrie Wilson. 
Alden Darby. No, I, I I was a little bit surprised he was back in 2023, and then he lost his starting job. So I, I think he's going to market. Kerfala Exume. My understanding right now is the Bombers do not have an offer in on Kerfala Exume. Janarian Grant. I mean, I'm sure the team would love to have him back, but but the the price is difficult, and also his injury history is difficult. He was hurt most of this past year, and he is. I think right around that 30-year-old mark, which is, is a little bit tough for, for returners. So I, I put him in the maybe column, I suppose. All right. Jeff Gray. No, I, I think this team, that, that was one of the positions where they needed to get cheaper, and they were able to do that. Liam Dobson and Tui Ellie are both on team-friendly deals, and uh, one of those two guys I think will be starting at left guard. If Jeff Gray's under contract in 2024, I don't think it'll be with his hometown club. Chadrick Hansen. I, I would be surprised. He, you know, he he was so promising in 19 and 21, but he's now over 30. Last two years, he missed a lot of time with the torn Achilles. Uh, I'd be surprised if he's back. But I do think he will get signed. He's a good global player, and those do not grow on trees. Greg McRae. Uh, again, I, w- I would be surprised. Winnipeg, you know, when, when they had the injuries at receiver this season, when Kenny Lawler was out due to the suspension early on, you know, he had an ample opportunity to step up in the in the receiving game, and he did not do anything really impactful as a receiver. And, uh, you know, he's, he's listed as a running back. Like, like maybe as a running back returner, there's a spot from elsewhere in the league, but, but right now I, I don't see him back in Winnipeg. Brendan O'Leary-Orange. I don't think we'll see Brendan O'Leary-Orange back. Jeremy Murphy, the Bombers drafted last year out of Concordia in the third round. I think he's got a really bright future, but he needs to get on the field. So, you know, obviously Nick Dembski, Drew Otarski are the starters. I think Murphy is going to be that third guy in, in 2024. With Streffler coming back, I think I know the answer to this one, but Dakota Prukop? No, I think the Bombers need to use that third QB spot as a, as a developmental spot. Eric Barrier is a newcomer for 2024. Maybe he's the guy out of Eastern Washington, a school that has produced a ton of CFL quarterbacks, guys like Bo Levi Mitchell, Matt Nichols, Vernon Adams Jr., uh, they need to go young there. They, they can't bring back another guy who's, again, late 20s, early 30s, who is not going to get better at this stage of his career. And finally, Winston Rose. My understanding is the Bombers are not making an offer to Winston Rose. Uh, I believe they'll, uh, between him and Demario Houston leaving for Calgary, they'll, they'll need to uncover a rookie cornerback in 2024. So just to recap, I gave you 13 names, and you wouldn't be surprised if none of them were back, right? Uh, no, yeah. I mean, maybe one or two, but maybe one or two, but again, like this is a team that has stayed together for so long. That core has remained so consistent. Um, and, and let's also not forget that this team has brought back like almost 20 pending free agents from the end of last season. Um, that's right. So, I mean, they, they've made a lot of progress on this list. And and again, teams traditionally uh, unless you're coming off a really rough year you're really looking to overhaul your roster you know the the ottawa red blacks have made some big moves already we'll be be planning on making some big moves i would imagine in the next day or two uh the tiger cats are in that similar situation they've got a ton of money available they've reportedly agreed to terms with a ton of pending free agents you know that that's that's just not the situation the bombers are in and and most teams from what i understand are not in that position where they can afford to go out and pay these big prices um you know the the bombers clearly had their priorities the the very first thing they did this offseason was was they re-signed Willie Jefferson they they re-signed Dietrich Nichols 
Um, took a while to get Brady Oliveira done. Took a while to get Dalton Schoen done. But, but you know, they, they got their big money pieces back. They've lost Jamarcus Hardrick, a couple of others. But I think they've generally done a good job of keeping this core together. And, you know, they if, if they had money to spend, they would have spent it, right, keeping their own guys, I think. I don't think they'd be saving it for day one of free agency. Yeah, the CFL website listed 36 pending free agents for the Blue Bombers going into the offseason. That doesn't include practice roster guys, but they've re-signed 17 of those. Uh, two have retired in Mike Miller and Jackson Jeffcoat. Four are gone in uh, Drew Brown, Jamarcus Hardrick, Demario Houston, and, and Ricky Walker. And then there's just 13 unsigned. So they've been doing a lot of work. So we're, we're going to probably be looking at a quiet week for Winnipeg and then some of these players that are added to the roster, we get the news releases uh, with a little blurb could end up being impact players down the road because the scouting staff of this team has that year after year found guys that we don't know in February, but come July and August, we know them quite well because they're making a difference, especially on defense. Well, and I think it should be noted too. This year is different than past years in that the last couple of years, You've had the USFL and the XFL, so that's 16 Spring League teams. And it was definitely in vogue to say, okay, well, if I'm not going to make the NFL, I'm going to not wait. I'm going to go right to the USFL. I'm going to go right to the XFL so that I can try to get into camp in the NFL next year. That is not the thought process anymore. Given the struggles that those leagues have had, they're now amalgamated into one league. And talking to agents, talking to young players, the 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 party line I'm getting is that these these guys are not trying to play spring football first. They're trying to come to the CFL first where they know this league and these teams are not at risk of folding or changing hands or, or whatever have you. They want a sure thing. They want more certainty. Um, even if it means that, you know, when they're playing in the CFL, at least for that year, they have to give up any NFL dreams. So, you know, I, I think when you look at the press releases that have come out, Christian, like like in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of guys signing out of the FCS or signing out of, you know, Division Two, you know, like smaller schools, and and a lot of them are already two or three years out of college. That's not the case anymore. Like like there have been a number of guys from Alabama, Auburn, like like big name schools, guys who have only been out of college for a year or two. Coming up to the to the CFL, there was a player recently. His name is Derek Parrish. He just signed with the Toronto Argonauts. He was actually drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2023. Like he he was drafted by an NFL team less than a calendar year ago, and he's in the CFL. Like I cannot remember the last time that I saw a situation like that. It was probably pre-pandemic, pre-spring uh, leagues, because again the the thought process has changed. Players are not going and, and exhausting essentially all other opportunities before they come up to Canada, they are coming to Canada in a hurry. And what that's going to do, right, is is push some of these veterans out of the league, right? Teams are going, oh, well, the, the caliber of rookie we're bringing in is higher. Why are we then spending extra money trying to bring back players who, you know, might have six, seven, eight years of experience, be slowing down a little bit, guys who are maybe too expensive, guys who are maybe a little bit too you know, banged up at this point of their career. Let's let's go young. So a lot of teams, uh, I think, are under less pressure maybe than, than past years to sign veteran talent just because that supply of rookie, that, that resource is more readily available. Looking around the CFL going into free agency, there's already been a lot of names agree in principle in the negotiation window. Those will all become official tomorrow at 11 a.m., Who's out there still? Who are the, the big names in your eyes that are still looking for a home? 
Well, our top three pending free agents uh, at Three Down Nation, I mean, of the top 30 that we released last week, only seven are currently unaccounted for. Janarian Grant is is one of them with a Winnipeg connection. But to me, the top dog for sure is uh, would, would be Tim White at the Hamilton Tiger Cats. He's been a thousand-yard receiver the last two years, a CFL All-Star. Uh, he led the league in receiving yards this past season. He has reportedly been looking to get a deal in that three hundred thousand dollar range. Uh, you know, Eugene Lewis is making three twenty. You've got Kenny Lawler at two eighty five. He wants to be right there with those top two receivers and. You know, Dalton Schoen went to the market during the communications window, and, and him and his party were looking for that same deal, and it didn't materialize, which is why he's back in Winnipeg to the tune of about $230,000. So, you know, maybe it's possible, given that he's kind of the last top dog receiver available, that, that a team will look at Tim White, and there, there'll be a little, a little bit of a bidding war. But I also think that just given the timing of things with the communications window closing, that if a bidding war were to happen, it would have happened by now. So, you know, I think he's the top of player available, but I'm also skeptical that he's going to get that $300,000 deal that he's looking for. I think more realistically, he'll end up back in Hamilton for something like Dalton Schoen signed because he is, again, he's a very talented receiver as a ton of production, but uh, I, I don't think the Ticats are prepared to give him 300 grand because if they were, Christian, he'd, he'd already be back under contract with them. Do you like the negotiation window? Because it's it's kind of a, a newer thing in the CFL. Oh, I love it. I, I think it's brilliant. I mean, let, let, let's call a spade a spade. Teams were having these conversations anyway. Like tampering was a tale as old as time in the CFL. And what the legal tampering window has done is just taken what teams and players and agents and everybody was doing anyway and just kind of opened the door on it and said, okay, go for it. And it's, it's now all above board. Just try to keep it to this window. Now I'm skeptical if it is still left to that window or if it happens before or after the fact, but what it has done is it's taken the CFL's free agent frenzy, which used to be like two really exciting days in the middle of February. And it stretched it out to kind of a more consistent stream of news uh, over the course of the middle of February for a couple of weeks. So I think it's exciting for fans, you know, for this, these, these signings and agreements to kind of trickle in and it gives them more time to kind of process the information. Cause let's remember there's, there's like 200 players still available. Like this is, this is not a short list of guys. It's easy to get mixed up with, Oh, I thought he was going here. Well, wh- wait, wait, where does our player from there end up? And so, you know, I, I think it gives people uh, an easier way of, of kind of understanding how these signings have come about. And uh, it gives teams a little bit more time to make some of these decisions and I, I think it's a win-win-win all the way around. I think it's a win for teams. I think it's a win for fans. And I think it's it's a win for the media as well, who has longer to kind of tell these stories and, and, and try to break some of this news. Well, John, we'll be looking forward to seeing what news we get over the next few days. Appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this and enjoy Free Agent Frenzy. Thanks, Christian. Anytime. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect, which might explain the